0: Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. It is Sunday, December the 13th, 2020, and Kentucky basketball is off to a one-in-four start. And I talked about that with Mark Story, my fellow columnist with Herald Leader, uh, we talked about Kentucky's 64-63 loss to, George, uh, loss to Notre Dame, I'm sorry, yesterday at Rupp Arena, a game where Kentucky played horribly in the first half, played really well in the second half, just quite not quite well enough to pull out the win. Uh, we talked about that. We talked about uh, UK's play in the second half. We talked about John Calipari's comments. We also looked ahead uh, to the road ahead for this Kentucky basketball team. Uh, we also hit on, at the end of the conversation, we also hit on the state playoffs, the state High school football playoffs, which are coming up this weekend at Kroger Field. Uh, after Mark, I'm going to have the John Calipari's press conference. In case you missed it from yesterday, his comments after the game. We'll have that uh, after I finish my conversation with Mark. Before we get to that, though, I want to thank everyone who supports our work at Kentucky.com and at the herald leader remember you can get a sports pass a sports only subscription to kentucky.com it's just $30 for the first year you get all of our sports coverage you get jerry tipton on kentucky basketball you get uh, josh moore on kentucky football you get ben roberts on uk recruiting you get jared peck on high schools and you get mark stories columns as well as my columns $30 for the first year go to the kentucky go to kentucky.com Hit on that subscription button check out all of our offers there uh, at Kentucky dot com and we, we do appreciate everyone who supports our work at the lexington herald leader and Kentucky.com. so without further ado let's get right to my conversation with mark story of the herald leader and after that you'll hear from john calipari his comments after uk's loss yesterday to notre dame and my guest on the podcast is my usual sunday night monday morning guest uh, my fellow columnist at the herald leader mark story how you doing mark i'm doing great john uh, Kentucky off to a one and four start, Mark, what's wrong with the cats? How, how, how you, how are you Mark? story going to fix the cats? I think I asked you that question last week when they were one and two or one. And yeah.
1: Three. <laughs> you know, I guess if you're a glass half full person, you look at the second half and you know how that, that, you know, against Notre Dame Saturday that they won by 21 points and, you know, played, you know, played really hard. And, you know, I thought, you know, showed a commitment to trying to pull that game out. And 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 you hope that that's kind of a light go on moment. You know, they figured some things out. That you know maybe that he needs to extend the defense and and try to take advantage of their length and athleticism in that way. Offensively, if they can play through Olivier Sar, then that sort of gives them you know kind of a a baseline, of, a, a you know something they can build around and build off of. You know that's you know that's the optimistic viewpoint. The, the negative viewpoint would be well they were 22 points behind. At halftime, on their home court, against the team that was, I think, picked 12th to, to finish right. 12th in the ACC. Right. I mean, it's a, uh, you know, in a way, it's surprising given that they have a brand new team every year or almost. That this hasn't happened more often, but it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it, it, it's certainly. Uh, the, I think the thing that's most alarming, at least, uh, it's not just that they're one and four. They look bad for the <laughs> most part. In, in getting to be one and four.
0: Right. It's not like they're up to this point, they were losing on, you know, tip ends at the buzzer or something like that. You know, they've been out except with, exception the Kansas game, uh, you know, in the second half and then the first half of the, uh, game yesterday. I mean, they've just, they've looked terrible. Um, do you buy the theory that, uh, with such a young team, uh, the whole problem has been that they haven't had the exhibition games and the buddy games, and preseason was limited. It wasn't the normal preseason or summer. Do you think that's the problem?
1: Yeah, I think that is part of it. i think I mean, I think there's a reason that you know he schedules the way he schedules that you know they, they play the champions classic and and then he you know they sort of do a slow build, you know through you know directional schools and that kind of thing. You know I understand that the fans hate that, but I do think there's a rationale why he does that so yeah i do think that is part of it
0: what about uh i don't know about you but i've been getting some emails and uh tweets directed my way about you know we're tired of the one and done you know this is the same way every year you know we're losing the teams with experience you know how can we never get a team where he can develop players do you think that there is a growing weariness with that or is this just people frustrated over a one and four start
1: well, I think it's obviously when something's not working or you're not having the results, people get. But yeah, I do think I do think one and done fatigue in the Kentucky fan base is a real phenomenon, and, and and I think I think some of it is generational. I think a lot of the fans that are you know a little more long in the tooth, you know, have never been super comfortable with the way the program is per- structured right. and the emphasis on you know. Getting guys, you know, into the NBA as fast as possible, as opposed to, you know, you know, sort of, you know, having a team that you can develop and sort of follow guys through. So, you know, when you're go, when you know, when I, I think there has always been that in the fan base that people have been a little leery of this. I think when you've gone to four Final Fours in five years, that tamps a lot of that down. But they haven't been going to the Final Four, and you know, they're they've had you know some some seasons that. You know, well they've actually had all pretty much all good seasons, but you know, by Kentucky standards, they've had some sort of you know, you know, just sort of decent years. And I think I think uh, I think when you're not going to the Final Four and you've never really been all in on the one and done anyway, I think it sort of grates on you.
0: Yeah, no, I, you know, I think that's definitely the case. Okay, let's talk. As you mentioned, the second half, obviously they played much better in the second half. Could have won it. Uh, Olivier Sar, you know, he missed the shot at the end, but it wasn't an easy shot. It was a tough shot. Uh, you know, it was a makeable shot, but he didn't make it. I don't it's any great. You know, Sar was saying he, was, he wants to remember that shot, what it felt like when he didn't make it the other night, but. uh after the game, Cal said more than once that he likes Terrence Clark at point guard. He likes Terrence Clark at point guard. And the, to me, anyway, they did appear to have to actually be more active with Terrence Clark at the point guard. It's not always good. He's going to turn over sometimes, but they did look like that they were, they were actually doing things. What did you think about Terrence Clark at, point, at the point?
1: Yeah, I guess uh, well, it was 2008-9 at Memphis right. when he went with went transition into Tyreek Evans on the point and right. it, it turned around their season and you know I I guess I like the idea of letting Terrence Clark do some of the creation I don't know that I'm 100 percent on board with just making him the full-time point guard partly for the reason you mentioned he I mean he he turns it over a lot Mm-hmm. And if your problem has been, you know, and, and it has been a problem, has been you know, turning the basketball over, I don't know that putting it in the hands of somebody who is turnover prone is, you know, necessarily the ideal scenario. To me, you know, for whatever it's worth, I like mints at the point guard. But, you, you know, you, the point guard doesn't necessarily have to be the guy that in the half court is the guy who's trying to create. Right. He can be the guy that, you know, initiates the offense and then drifts to the weak side and spots up. And then you could run stuff through, you know, Clark and and and, and Boston in that way. To me, that seems like the more, you know, practical. Or the, to me, that's what I would do. But you know, what do I know?
0: <laughs> well, Cal tells us, you know, that none of us know anything about basketball. So uh, anyway, the other thing Cal said was that, uh, uh, uh yesterday about it, how you know, if you lose. Bunch of games in a row here, you know they treat it like a nat, uh, natural disaster, and I, I don't buy that. You know, I'm not buying. I'm not buying into that. I just care win or lose whether we get better, which I understand that. But people kind of pushing back against the, uh, you know, a losing streak is not a disaster when we're talking about a four game losing streak. This is their this is their worst start since Joe B's last year. Correct.
1: That is correct, yeah.
0: And, yeah. Eighty four, eighty five, and that team ended up going to the Sweet 16. I think they kind of outpaced the expectations, especially in the NCAA tournament, but that team also had Kenny Walker. I'm not sure there's a Kenny Walker on this team, uh, but uh, but uh, my point is, they're one in four. This is a different year. They're one in four. They only have two non conference games. They have another non conference game after the SEC schedule st- uh, starts when they play Texas in the uh, challenge, in the SEC Big 12 challenge. But they only have two other non conference games left, which are pretty tough non-conference games, UCLA on Saturday in the CBS Sports Classic and then Louisville after that. Then the, then you go into the SEC. I watched Illinois beat Missouri, which I think was ranked number six, beat Missouri on Saturday night. I think Tennessee's legit. Uh, I mean, prayers to Florida and Keontae Johnson. Obviously, that's a really bad situation. But Florida until then was, look, was looking pretty good. I mean, uh, the SEC's not going to be any pushover this year. Uh you're, and here you are, Kentucky sitting one and four.
1: Yeah, they're at the point that they I think people need to start worrying about whether they're going to make the NCAA tournament. And the SEC, I think, may be a little better than people have given it credit for. I do too. And the problem with that is, you know, they at least for right now, until Missouri breaks into the rankings this week, Tennessee's the only team in, you know, that's ranked. There's a negative perception of the league, and then you're Kentucky off to a horrible start, which will get you know tons of national attention and becomes the narrative. And then you're going into a conference that may be tougher than you know people are giving it credit for so you know that's that's not an ideal such scenario for you know if you're especially if you're going to have to you know try to go for an at large bid right. you know they they uh, they they really they may end up being in a position where they wind up having to win the sec tournament now hmm. you know all that said you know win one game they beat ucla saturday and get some confidence and you know you know this it can turn quick but right but I do think they're you know at the point now that they need to you know they need to start beating some people you know they yeah. you know they, they, their situation would look a lot different if they beat UCLA one at Louisville and then beat Texas in the uh, the the SEC Big 12 challenge right yeah
0: and UCLA UCLA opened with a loss to San Diego State, which is nothing to, which is you know uh, nothing to be ashamed of. But I mean, San Diego State's got a good program. They got a good team. They pounded Arizona State the other night. Uh, but then I think UCLA's won four in a row since then. Louisville's off to a four 0 start, but they've hit a really hard pause here. COVID pause. Their game with NC State, which was supposed to be this week, they uh, announced today that that has been canceled as well. They were supposed to play Wisconsin this past week in the ACC uh, Big Ten challenge and that was canceled. Uh, I mean, luckily the UK-UofL game is still a couple of weeks away. Hopefully they'll have everything straightened out uh, before then. But these are not – these are two pretty tough games uh, before the SEC start, uh, starts. On the flip side, I do think they can sort of catch a break in the fact that they only the Detroit Mercy game was canceled again, which was supposed to be this week. Cal's got plenty of practice time, plenty of Camp Cal time uh, to work on things uh, between now and the start of the SEC with just those two games basically in 14 days.
1: Yeah, and usually – the these in the one and done era. It's during this period when you start to see things come together. Again, if you're glass half full, maybe that's what we saw in the second half. I mean I think that's somewhat to be determined. You know, I watched the Louisville Western Kentucky game and I actually went into that thinking Western was the better team. And Louisville was down, you know, several key guys and just kicked Western's butt. So, you know, they 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 were better they were they performed much better in that game than I expected.
0: Yeah, they got a couple of uh Uh, You know, you'd heard that Carlick Jones was good. Uh, They transfer the guy from Radford but I I was impressed with a couple of their new guys I was really impressed with that Dre Davis that he's a scrappy player uh who I think is going to well he's already I think a pretty good player so uh yeah and like you said uh they're missing Williams and I don't think Williamson played in that game either did he Uh, no he
1: didn't Malik Williams was out and Samuel Williamson and Charles Midland the 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 grad transfer from San Francisco that I, I thought would be a starter and, and yeah, they were down like at least three key guys and they just kicked Western's butt. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The only thing I wonder about that game, didn't Western Western played, uh, they played down in, uh, no, they played they in played, South Dakota, right? Right. Yeah. Right. I wondered about the travel, uh, coming in off that game, but, uh, but who knows, but no, Louisville was impressive. Uh, Louisville was impressive. Um, uh, okay. Anything else about, uh, basketball? What did, what did you think about sorry yesterday? I thought, Olivier Starr to me looked more like what we thought the Olivier Star was going to be is that what you thought yesterday Yeah I thought I
1: thought I I thought they sort of they I thought when they were feeding him that it just it sort of gave some structure to what they were doing and yeah I thought I thought you know obviously had he hit the last shot it would have been even better but I thought I thought he I thought he really looked good
0: no, no, I did too. Uh, I thought he played. Uh, I thought he played well. Uh, okay, let's transition. Let's talk a little bit of football. Uh, UK football, uh, of course. Uh, We're now it's a uh, they finished the season a week before. Uh, Mark and I already talked about that. But uh, the big news after that was when Eddie Graham was fired and Darren Henshaw, offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. The search is ongoing. It's really been a lot of rumor and speculation out there about the offensive coordinator. Um, a lot of. Names have been thrown out there. One of the names that was thrown out there a lot was Shane Waldron, who was uh, the off- who is the passing game coordinator with the Rams. Now his name seems to have died down a little bit. And Liam Cohen, who is a na- who is the a, uh, a uh, 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 he's assistant quarterbacks coach with the Rams. His name apparently, or at least been reported that he's uh, uh, without sources, but been reported that he's one of the three finalists. Joe Moorhead, who is former coach of Mississippi State. He's now the offensive coordinator at Oregon. His name's been thrown out and speculated. Just by judging by these names that are thrown out, and we don't know how true that these are, are we getting an idea of maybe what Mark Stoops is looking for?
1: It's, yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, especially the fact that he, at least if what we're hearing is true, that he's so interested in kind of the Rams and, and their offensive system. You know, that I think of that as, you know, running, play action, you know, really – a sophisticated play action passing attack. Right. And you know, and given how well Kentucky has run the ball in recent years and you know, they have good running backs coming back. You know, if the seniors all leave and you know, then you're you're gonna be rebuilding the big blue wall. But given the identity that Kentucky has established as a physical running team, you know, a, a play action passing attack would seem to be the logical thing to thing to develop.
0: Right. Yeah, and it would fit into what Stoops has always said. He wants a physical team that can run the football. He used to cite all the time about the stats that show that when you outrush your opponent, you have a you know a really good chance of winning the game. Uh, you know, too. Signing date is the early signing period is coming up. I believe it starts on Wednesday. Uh, how's is it important for Mark Stoops to have somebody named by then?
1: Well, I think it would help if it was somebody that would excite people. But I don't. I don't to me. I I don't think any recruiting period, it's more important to get the right guy than it is to have the, have make the wrong hire early, just so you can tell recruits you've done something. I mean, I think if, you know it worked out that there was somebody in place and people were excited and recruits were excited that obviously would be ideal but I don't think it I, I mean to me if you don't have a position where you know who you want and you can get who you want I, I don't think it's I don't think it's crippling or anything I think it's more important to get the hire right than it is to have somebody in place by signing them
0: Okay, you're you're the you're the coach of Kentucky. Mark Stoops is the coach, right? You're Mark Story, and you're the coach instead of Mark Stoops. Are you looking for a guy who is an up and coming guy who you might only have for a couple of years, and he may go either back to the NFL or to the NFL or maybe to a higher profile program? You want somebody on the way up, or do you want somebody who's going to stick around for a while, somebody that you can count on that's going to be here for a few years?
1: I would be. I would. I would not care whether it was looked like somebody would be here for the long haul. I would just want somebody that could come in and do the the best job I could find. I, you know, I've always been a person that if you're a a sports program or really, if you're running a business or whatever, if you have people in your operation that are getting chances to move up, that's a good thing because it indicates you're succeeding. So yeah, I wouldn't, I would be, completely comfortable with bringing somebody in that I thought would do a really, really good job. And then we'd worry about how long they were going to be here, you know, when the time came.
0: yeah you know the other dynamic to this and Josh and I Josh Moore and I did a podcast earlier in the week where we kind of reviewed the season and talked about the opening. you know you're not they don't just have one opening on the offensive staff. they've got three openings uh, you know with the passing of John Schlarman, they're looking for an offensive line coach and also by parting ways with Eddie, Eddie was your also your running backs coach and with Darren Henshaw was your quarterbacks coach. I think a lot of people think okay well, they're going to get an offensive coordinator and he's going to be the quarterbacks coach. And that's probably true. That's probably what's going to happen. But they'll they're going to be in the market for a running backs coach as well. Uh, do you, do you, are you looking for a guy who's going to bring in a running backs coach and an offensive line coach, or does it really matter?
1: I it often is kind of an inducement. If you can let the coordinator bring some of his own people. Now, you know, if Mark Stoops has somebody, he feels strongly about for the offensive line coach or, you know, the running backs coach. I mean, he's the head coach. He can do what he wants, right. but I, I would, my guess would be if the new coordinator is the quarterback's coach, which usually is how it works. Although as we saw with Eddie Grant, not always, right. but usually that's how it works. My guess is they would at least let him fill one of those positions himself, but you know, that's just, uh, that's just, you know, me speculating. Right.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, if, if it is true that Mark has, you know, talked to the Rams or talked to the Rams people, I mean, I like that idea. Like you mentioned earlier, I, I've liked the idea of, Running that type of offense. As you said, I think that that's a good offense to run, especially it seems to be in line with what Mark would be looking for. But like we say, a lot of this is speculation. They're keeping pretty tight lipped, at least as far as we're concerned. Uh, you know, we'll just have to see what happens. As Josh and I talked about, I think they posted three job openings. One with the deadline for applying was the 10th, which was Thursday. The other two were for the 14th, which is uh, tomorrow. We're recording this on Sunday night. So hopefully something will happen soon, but there's no obviously there's no guarantee of that well mark while i've got you on here uh, now i'm going to do uh i want to alert people that uh jerry peck and i are going to do a podcast this week uh uh previewing the state football finals this weekend but i know you keep you you are uh, you, you keep a uh, eye on what's going on with high school football a lot you keep a keen eye with what's going on in high school football uh anything any big surprises in the in the uh, state high school finals and how, how do they shape up as far as you can tell
1: yeah, I thought the Franklin County upset of Johnson Central, I thought that was a tremendous upset and a huge deal for Franklin County. And Johnson Central, defending state champion in class 4A and you know had had a, has, had a lot back. I mean, that was that, that that was just a tremendous win for Franklin County. Obviously Lexington Christian is carrying the local banner and I think they have a I think they have a very good chance of uh, winning the state championship. You know, UK fans will hope that Gavin Wimsat, the uh, Owensboro quarterback, who will be uh, coming to, the, to town to co- compete against Bowling Green for the 5A state championship, they'll hope he he likes uh, he feels real comfortable at Kroger Field.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's the guy we talked about last week. He's going to be he's he's going to be a top tier recruit, right?
1: He is. He's somebody that is, he's he's going to be one of the most highly recruited players out of this state in in the 21st so far in the 21st century. Yeah.
0: So uh, it should be good. Well, I think it's kind of a—I uh, uh, don't—I wouldn't say amazing, but it's really you know, the other—they've been able to make it to the finals. Uh, the, all these teams, because we've had, i know they had several teams that dropped out along the way during the playoffs.
1: Yeah, and and assuming you know they don't lose anybody that's made it, you know there was a, a system set up where it was possible that if somebody lost, may have been returned to the playoffs you know once they got to the semi-final level because they didn't want to have any walkovers yeah and but 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 they didn't and yeah it's uh it's uh it's pretty amazing you're right that they've been able to get to this point and hopefully uh, they can it holds together for one more week and they can get the championship games played yeah
0: that's true uh anything else mark uh, anything you want to plug anything else going on that before i let you go
1: I think we're good.
0: Okay, well, I I sure appreciate you uh, giving me a little bit of your Sunday night. I I appreciate that every Sunday. And uh, it'll be an interesting week. We'll, like, say uh, something may or may not happen with the offensive coordinator hire. We do have uh, the early signing period for U.K. football, for college football is this week as well. So there'll be plenty of news out of that. And then we have the CBS Sports Classic with Kentucky playing UCLA on Saturday. Uh, Be sure to follow Mark on Twitter at Mark C. Story. And be sure to read all his columns and his coverage uh, at Kentucky.com and in the print edition of the Herald Leader. Thanks as always, Mark. I appreciate it. Thanks, John. Okay, thanks again to Mark's story. We'll be right back with John Calipari, his press conference from Saturday after Kentucky's loss to Notre Dame. If you have, any questions, if you have any questions? please use the
2: raise hands feature under the participants
1: tab. John Hale, we will start with you. Go ahead. how how do you? take away from that 22 points down at halftime, but then you obviously show some of the fight you've been looking for in the second half, just what's your kind of overall takeaway?
2: We'll watch the tape, and uh, we have a couple guys that are not playing to where they need to play fight, competitive spirit, coming up with balls, toughness, rebounding, and and, uh, what happened in the first half? We had a guy that broke off the game plan. I mean, we spent a couple days on it because we had time. And he walked in the game and ran the wrong way, ran the wrong way, ran the wrong way. They got 12 points. Then all of a sudden, the the rim is like an ocean. It's what happened to us with Georgia Tech. And so uh, all I said at halftime is let's win the second half. Let's just worry about winning the second half. And, um, you know, again, I like Terrence at point guard. I like having his hands on the ball. Um, Four turnovers. He left his feet. And he and he knew it and I told him we've been working on it. Um, but I like him at point. Davion and Devin got to shoot balls. They passed up seven wide open shots. Um, you know, and then what it ends up doing, it's it runs you into turnovers. Now, again, in this game, all the work we'd done, eleven turnovers and four by our point guard. Olivier was terrific. Um, I thought Jacob showed some effort and in, in um um, I think Isaiah's is better than he's playing, but you know, but it was, look, there's hope now. If that's who we are, those 20 minutes, there's hope. All right. Now we got to play 40. If some guys shouldn't be starting, they, they won't start. You can't start, man. You fumble balls. You don't come up with it. You, you, you know, um, and then if it's somebody's got to play less minutes, they're playing less. I mean, this isn't, you know, is what it is, but, um, Like the fact that we came back and we toughed and we did some good stuff. John, did you guys get what you wanted in that last shot? We fumbled the ball. We didn't fumble the ball. We would have had the weak side rebound tip in. So we had a guy over there for a reason. And it was either you take it, you quickly get it to him, he's going to shoot it. One of you two shoot, we'll have weak side rebound. So we'll have time. By fumbling it, by the time he got it off, you know, and, and Olivier was, you know, took it hard. But I'm like, dude, we don't, we're not even in the game without you. We got all these guys that have no toughness, drive to the rim and just throw balls. I mean, you gave us a presence and got us open threes because we were able to throw it to him. John, was, was there anybody in particular in the second half that you were really pleased with and you think, well, maybe the light bulb kind of came on for him there? I think the whole, the whole group. And, again, we had to pick up and play. I didn't want to play early in the game that way. Maybe we should have. I'm still learning about this team. And you say, well, why didn't you? Because I didn't want the court to be spaced and them to get easy baskets. I wanted them to work. And then we had breakdowns. We had guys that didn't follow the script, never have followed the script. So all of a sudden, there's open three, open three, open th- What in the world? And so second half, we played the guys that were playing the script. And I took some guys out, you know, and we we made a little run. They, they believed. So, you know, but this is, again, the Kansas game, four-point game with five minutes to go. We're up and just make terrible mistakes. They went six straight possessions without a basket and we come down and I think turned it over twice and took two bad shots or three or missed wide open shots. I mean, you know, like, okay, you, you want to be tough? You, you those got to go down. and after that
0: Coach, how how was that? half that
2: second half a difference of your guys buying in more or were they just making more plays we picked up impressed and we became the aggressor that's what happened um do we have to play the whole game yeah let's get in great shape and let's do it we're not taking chances but we're picking up and making them play getting into their legs a little bit maybe that's who we are um you know and there were times where they dragged a big man to screen my guard And my other big man's at the top of the key letting the guards play full court are you kidding me like you know getting them to be up there come on you come up too but you know there were good stuff in the second half i just can't you know i hate losing um you know you got to win some games you know this was a game down 22 we had no business even being in um but that shows you what i keep saying you just keep playing keep fighting. They're not going to keep making shots. So, you know, this is this is all new to him. Like I said, Terrence came down and left his feet and turned it over. It was a close game now. And ran back, head back like he was mad at himself, and his guy went and shot a layup. You can't win then. It isn't about you turning it over. It's about us winning. If you turn it over, get it back on the other end. They don't know that it was only six months ago they were playing AAU and they had another game tonight. And so, you know, I can't, we're, we're, we're fighting and battling. Uh, they get off tomorrow. We go back to camp three sessions a day, um, you know, and, and, and probably do, I think we're going to do Christmas with families. What We'll do it a little bit different instead of we may do it this week or we'll do it when we come back from cleveland but kind of excited i talked to him about that you know we take care of 10 or 12 families and um but look guys it's uh i wanted it to look different boy it did in the first half didn't it but when i tell you what happened one guy broke down four times and gave them four wide open threes And they made them. And I told them at halftime, it would be a 10, nine-point game. And now, second half, we don't have those breakdowns. We don't give them those. We pick up, and we're the aggressor, and we fight. The guys that didn't fight, I took out of the game. You don't fight, you're out. And that means come up with balls. You can't fumble every ball. Boy, grab my arm. You can't go after balls with one hand. Can't. We got to bring in balls. Fans were great today, too. Let me, let me thank the 3,000, whoever, and the, the cardboard cutouts and everybody. They were great. They gave us a lift.
1: Hey, John. Uh, uh, Leszewski hurt you guys, obviously, in the first half, and you only had one basket in the second.
2: W- what happened there? What, what, what changed? The game plan was the same in the first half and the second half. I just told you. We had one guy do his own thing and gave him four open threes three and then the other one was a a fourth by another guy for the same kind of bad rotation wasn't doing what we were asking to do if one if you're doing something as a group of five and one guy decides i'm I, either i'm not paying attention come on now we had days days to go over this i'm not paying attention or i don't understand and i'm not asking that would be like a quarterback going like this. I think you guys would know quarterback going like this and he goes to hand the ball off and the running back goes the other way. You all would see it, but you don't know basketball. That's the problem here, but you would know it in football. Like you went in the quarterback where, where the heck? And he does it three straight times. Now, you know, like what in the hell was going on? That's why I grabbed my face. I couldn't believe it, but it gave us a chance to fight in the second half and have our chance to win. If that ball goes in, we had no business winning the game, but we fought. We learned to fight. And I like Terrence at point guard. All right, you got the next
1: question to We'll see around uh, Two-parter, I guess, Cal, you, you said you liked Terrence at
0: point guard, but you've outlined some of the things he did wrong. What did you like? What, what did you see that gave you some hope about that going forward, him with the ball in his hands? And then two, what? how much of a potential make or break moment was it for your guys to be down i think they said this is the largest halftime deficit in kentucky history at home
2: um, this is to, this isn't at home though come on we got no fans right but but to be but to be down whatever whatever wherever the contest yeah. to be down 20 yeah. that they didn't as you always say let go of. Yeah. well here's what i say with terrence weren't you more comfortable with him having the ball in his hands Didn't you know that he can make plays at the rim and score and do things where they got to play him? Um, He can play. I did not want to put him on number three. We were initially going to, and I said, no, you can't do it because you can't ask him to have the ball and also guard the guy that's going to have the ball for 80% of the time for them. You can't do it to the kid. But I thought Davion and Devin did a pretty good job on hops. You know, the last step back was a – a breaker, but the kid missed five before that. So, I thought we did a pretty good job.
0: Yeah, John, at, I think it's maybe one of the last timeouts today. Devin and Terrence were both pleading with you emphatically about something. I was just curious, what was that all about, and do you well, like...
2: Kind of, which timeout? 11 seconds to go. Devin and Terrence were both pleading with you about something. I didn't, I didn't know if yeah, well, they didn't... They, they're saying... If they're man or zone, what do we do? You know, so they're like, what? Where, which way? What are we doing? We were going to do the exact same thing, whatever they were doing, man or zone. What I told them was they have a foul to give. If you drive it and they reach in to foul you, throw it at the rim. Like just run and throw. Here He reaches in. Full and throw. They didn't. We didn't. You know, do you remember Brandon Knight doing that against Mississippi State? And he threw the three from three quarter quarter half court. And we shot three, three, three free throws and won the game. He didn't do it the first time. And I went nuts. Shoot the ball. Cause he did it twice. They grabbed them. And I said, do you not understand what I'm saying? Shoot it from half court. We had it in the front court when they fouled. So they reach in, you just pull up, shoot something. It's a foul, and you get two free throws. We win the game. But again, there's so much to teach here. And, uh, you know, we got, we got the look we wanted. The fumble cost us the weak side rebound. But, you know, we'll get, we, we made strides. And now we, now we move on. Look, I said this morning, I told the guys, I woke up this morning, and, and what I said was, Lord, thank you for giving me this opportunity. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to coach here, to coach these young people. And I know, I told them, adversity is going to make you tougher. It's what it is. And this comes at you, especially at Kentucky. Losing games in a row here is like a a natural disaster. And you know what? I'm not buying it. I don't listen to it. I never have. Whether we're winning games or losing games, my focus on how do I help these guys get better? And some of them, you got to dig your heels in or someone else plays. Dig your heels in or someone else plays. And uh, every year, it's kind of like this. You know, Davion missed every shot, so he didn't shoot a couple. You can't do that. What you should be is in the gym tonight. Go back to the craft and go in the gym and get a manager and put 500 shots up. That's what you do. You don't stop shooting. You go 0 for 8. And everybody says, that kid can't shoot at all. And you go in the gym, and next game you go eight for eight. Because you work on yourself mentally and physically. You do that. So we, we, like I said, we got a ways to go, but some strides. We played through Olivier today. So guys that are shooting 12% from the three and 30% from the floor, you're not getting the ball as much. I'm sorry. That ball's going to Olivier. That ball will go to Isaiah, maybe. Maybe we'll go pick and roll. But, like, again, how we're going to play is going to develop now that Terrence is playing point.
0: Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. My thanks to Mark Story. Appreciate him being on the podcast. As always, follow Mark on Twitter, Mark C. Story. Check out his work on Kentucky.com and in the print edition of The Herald Leader. You can follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. You can send me an email, jclay at herald-leader.com. Thanks to everybody who subscribes to these podcasts. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Stitcher, tuned in google podcasts and our heart radio podcasts leave us a rating review on any of those that really helps get the word out uh really helps uh, uh helps people find the podcast, Uh, and we appreciate everybody who does that. Uh, Once again, appreciate everybody who listens to the podcast. My thanks again to Mark Story, and we will have Jared Peck a little later in the week previewing the Kentucky State High School Football Finals, so look for that. And we'll have a preview podcast at the UK-UCLA game, which is next Saturday in the CBS Sports Classic. Uh, This is John Clay, sports columnist for the Lexington Herald-Leader and Kentucky.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be talking to you again soon.